BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome back to another episode of the Girl Stop Playing Podcast. It's your favorite homegirl, Coriel, here to encourage you to stop playing with your potential and start working for what you want in life and in love. You already know that I believe you can make the money and you can get the honey. You can have it all as long as you are willing to work. Now, today's episode is actually... The replay from last night's Single Wives Live. Now, for those of y'all who are unfamiliar, way back when, literally a decade ago, I had a relationship readiness organization called the Single Wives Club. It was for single women who were preparing to become wives. And what we did was we basically connected happy wives with the single wives and they offered resources, insight, advice, and wives wisdom for those of us who don't just have like a bunch of homegirls who are happily married. And although I stopped running the Single Wives Club in 2017, last night I had the opportunity to kind of bring it back around. So it was truly like a full circle moment because I remember how frustrating it can be as a single woman during the month of February, while everybody's out here celebrating love, you over there feeling lonely, I get it. And so I wanted to present Single Wives Live as a resource to inspire single women to not give up, not lose the faith, and believe that God has the perfect partner out there that is being prepared right now to love you properly. Now, I released, I think, three episodes in December, specifically for single ladies. So I'm going to make sure that I link those down below so that you can check out the replays if you miss them. The other thing um, that I want to kind of remind y'all of or encourage you to do is subscribe to my brand new podcast, The Sermon. If you have been missing the solo sermon episodes then this is literally 
for you. So the sermon podcast is where I now put my solo sermon episodes. So over here on Girls Stop Playing, y'all will still be getting access to my weekly guest interviews. But on the sermon, that's where you can get those basically digital diaries is really what it what it comes down to or what it feels like for me. So I'm going to link the sermon here so that you can go and subscribe to that podcast as well. So what you are about to hear is the first hour from Single Wives Live. It was a panel of five happy wives, including myself, whose marital experience ranges from eight months to 20 years. Okay. So definitely take out your notebook, be prepared to get information, but also a whole lot of inspiration. I am here to remind you, to encourage you that God did not forget about you. I love you. Let's get into this single wives live. We welcome you to single wives live. Now, for those of you Y'all who ain't new to this, you are true to this, and you have been down with your girl um, for a while, then you know that I am not new to the relationship readiness space. And I have always had a heart for single women and this special struggle um, that Black women specifically tend to go through when we are seeking um, to become wives. And so way back in 2000. 10, I found myself in a position that a whole lot of other single women find themselves in. And so I want to just know, you know, from y'all, you can let me know in the chat, can you relate? So when I was 24 years old, I had decided, I had predetermined that 25 was my deadline for being somebody's wife. That was the timeline that I had given myself. Like I just, 25 was like elderly. Okay. By 25, I knew that clock was just going to be tick, tick, ticking. And I had decided that that was my goal. And so at 24, I got real serious. I learned about even more about the law of attraction and manifestation. And I wrote this letter to God and ended up manifesting everything that was in this list, everything that I said I I wished and prayed and hoped for in a man. And y'all, it was a mess. And the man that I manifested was a mess. And the reason why I got myself into this mess is because guess what? I was a mess. And Mm -hmm. one of the biggest lessons that I learned in my uh, single season was that what you are attracting is a result or a reflection of who you are and what you're putting out. And so I now that I am, you know, in this wife position that I prayed to be in, I'm in this position realizing that I was not prepared for it as much as I prayed for it. I was not prepared for it. And so um, for those single ladies who are out there that you don't necessarily have a resource to go to to ask questions and get help, you don't necessarily know healthy, happy wives who you can turn to or send a quick text message to or who you can even relate to. This is meant to be a safe space where you can hear from healthy, happy wives who do things our own way. And a part of what I want to share tonight and what I think is going to come out in this conversation is the fact that there is no right way or no perfect formula to be a perfect wife. And so the theme of this conversation is becoming the wife that you want to be. So five examples, five women who I'm sure do things differently. We have a range of different experiences, but hopefully this conversation will inspire you and help you to keep the faith in love. Okay. I definitely want to tap into the seasons in which we, you know, I don't want to say 
found love because I know we're the wives and we were found and all of the things. But I want to tap into where we were individually in that season um, so that we can hopefully, again, be relatable to someone that's watching, provide you with hope and encouragement and empower you to take action towards what you actually desire and deserve. So the Single Wives Club started out as uh, an organization, relationship readiness organization. And although it is no longer around, this is our resource for those single women who are preparing to become wives. So our one is all about inspiration. And we're going to be answering your questions, the questions that y'all submitted that you probably didn't have anyone else to really ask these questions to. And then at seven o'clock, my girl, Allison Wellington, who is a certified dating and relationship coach, she is going to be here to snatch edges and let you know if you are expired, if not expired, if you are inspired after this first hour, let's give you the information so that you can actually start taking action so that you can create this life, this love life that you desire. Okay. Now I'm going to stop running my mouth for just a second, because I want to give this amazing panel of beautiful wives an opportunity to introduce yourselves. So I would love to go around. Latoya, I'm going to start with you. I would love to just go around and just share. I'm going to pull up y'all's names. I don't know why they're not popping up, but I'll add your name so that everybody can see who they are hearing from. But just share your name, how long you've been married, and I want you to share your wife style. So your wife style being traditional wife, whatever you define that as, or modern wife, or a little mix of both. So your name, how long you've been married, and then your wife style. So I'm Coriel, obviously, your hostess with the mostest for this evening. I have been married for three years, and I would say my wife style is a mix. Um, I want to be bossy sometimes, but I also love being the baby, too. So I am a mix of both of the wife styles. Both what about you? Uh, so I am Latoya. I have been married for 20 years. Um, and my lifestyle, I'd have to say is traditional. Okay. I can't wait to tap into this 20 years of traditional. Okay. <laughs> hey, Ashley, I think you're muted. Very How about now? We get, hey, hey, ladies. So Latoya, the 20 years. Yes, I'm here for it. I'm Ashley. I have been married for five years now. And similar to Coria, I'm going to say it's a mix because my husband found me in my independent woman season. However, I'm learning to just submit and allow him to lead. So mix of both. I love that. This is going to be a real honest conversation. Okay. It mm -hmm. is not going to be a perfect conversation and nobody up here considers themselves to be an expert. So let me just give that little disclaimer also, even though Latoya, you, you, you might have expert <laughs> status at this point. Precious, what you got girl? Hi guys, um, I'm Precious K. Williams. I have been married for going on 11 years to my best bud. That's mine. Um, and so I would say that as a Christian wife, I would probably be considered modern, but to my girls in the, in the internet streets, I'm probably a mix. So, um, yeah. That's a good point too, because it depends on whose scale. We talking exactly. about very in, my, in my daddy's eyes, I'm beyond modern because I'm West African. So he like, what is going on here? Yeah. <laughs> is, but that's we're, that's we're, even the point of of this whole thing. It's like not even subscribing to whatever we think we have to be, but like mm -hmm. it can work as long as you make it work. So, Crystal, what about you? I'm super excited that we were able to get you in on this combo. Thank you. Well, I, you know, uh, my name is Crystal Jordan, and I am a little bit different. I was 
this is my second marriage. I was married for 11 years the first time, did a good amount of single tune <laughs> of being single. And now I've been uh, married for three years um, to my uh, to the love of my life, but I, I'm, I'm thankful that God gave me a second chance. There's a lot of things I didn't know the first time. Um, so I would say this time it is definitely a mix, but we're in a different season. Um, so I, I can, I guess I can be in a different, um, a different type of wife because this is, this is, um, we are empty nesters now. So things are a little bit different. What does y'all screen look like? Okay. Okay. We at Katana, you're there. Can y'all see Katana? Hey, yeah. lady. Oh, okay. technology. technology fails us sometimes. So I'm, this is making me happy. <laughs> hey, Katana girl. Perfect timing. Okay, so introduce yourself. Well, I, I just introduced you. This is Katana, y'all. Um, but how many years have you been married? And then share your wife style. So modern wife versus traditional wife or a little mix of both. Hello, hello, ladies. My name is Katana. And I am a newlywed. I've only been married eight months, but I am a happy wife. And I would consider myself a modern wife for sure. Okay, so listen, y'all. From eight months to 20 years, you are about to hear six different examples. Um, and I love, Crystal, that we have the added benefit of like that lesson learned. I just feel like there's so much value in quote unquote failed experiences, like the mm -hmm. lessons that you pick up when you didn't get the result that you set out for, mm -hmm. monumental. So I love that we're gonna be able to even mm -hmm. hear that part of it. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so I want to, I didn't even y'all prepare questions for tonight because I took questions from the people who signed up. I really wanted to make sure we were answering questions that these ladies feel like, I don't have an auntie or a mama or a home girl that I can ask who I feel like is a healthy, happy, you know, wife. And you don't really know if we are truly healthy, happy wives, but I feel like women who went out of their way to volunteer for an opportunity to come uh, share wisdom, to come teach a lesson, to come share information that they wish somebody would have taught them. I feel like everybody's here, you know, with a good intention and coming from um, a spirit of wanting to lift another sister up. And so take from this what you what you will. If it's not for you, leave it behind. But just know that everybody is here with the mission to truly help other women figure out their journey. That's it. Okay. Um, okay, so we can all touch and agree on that. All right, so first question, I, this question I do want everyone to answer. And then after this one, I'm going to throw out questions that were submitted. And if you feel like that's me, I got that, feel free to jump in, okay? So the follow-up question to my last question of your wife style, are you the wife style that you thought you would be as a wife? Because I think a lot of times we have this wife idea just like the mom thing, but we that's gonna be in May. Okay, we ain't gonna talk <laughs> but we have this idea, you know, it's like the Claire Huxtable, probably for lack of better words, kind of thing. And that ain't always reality. So based on what you thought you were gonna be, are you, you know, living that out or did you find yourself changing a little bit? And anybody can hop in first. I don't mind hopping in. Um Again, I'm Precious. I'm a mommy wellness coach, but I have been married for a while. And I am not, I am on two ends. I am the wife that I wanted to be, but I thought that I might fall into old habits. I thought that based on watching my mom live a very, very patriarchal marriage, some white call, 
where basically it was his way or the highway in in front of the kids, right? And very domestic. I mean, she cooked all the time. I already knew that, Lord, this is not this is not who you made me to be. So I did not want to do that. And nor did I think I would be good at that. And so it took my husband to, if we were still dating, he was like, you know, I'm not your dad, right? Like, I don't, I'm not trying, I'm not calling you to do these things. Like, I like to cook. Like, I'm good. Like, I keep a pretty good, tidy bachelor pad. We're we going to be okay. Like, we're building something different. So in some ways, I am the wife. I was like, oh, I hope I'll be this way. But something in me, I didn't really trust myself. And I think somebody asked, like, having an aversion to marriage based on what you saw. I was like, God, if I'm going to get married, it's going to be like that. I need to stay single, you know, but I, I loved him. And I was like, let's go, let's do this thing. So thankfully I am not the wife. I thought I would fall into the habits that I would fall into. And even more so I I'm really, I know my teenage self is super proud. Like girl, yes. Like you Mm -hmm. out here and it's a partnership. Um, And it takes work to build that marriage, but, I'm thankful that I'm not the wife I thought I was going to be. I love that. I love that because we often think that if you grow up in a two-parent household, if you grow up seeing a traditional, you know, uh, gender roles, then that is ideal, which, you know, for the most part, that is ideal compared to the alternatives. But I didn't, I have not really thought about how that could turn you off from what is expected of you if that's not the role you see yourself in, which again is the whole point of this conversation because if you grow up in a traditional home and that's all you know, that could mm-hmm. make you say, uh-uh, marriage is not for me. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? What else y'all got? I'll go. Um, I would say that it's interesting because I am, I was always very career driven. And so I think initially I saw myself as someone that would want to be very modern and what I wanted to be was a contradiction, I believe. I wanted to be a modern woman with a traditional man. And mm-hmm. what I have learned is that um, modern, uh, me being a modern woman and acting in that way does not motivate a man to be traditional. And it, it motivates him mm-hmm. to be modern. And I desired a tr- more traditional man. And so what I had to learn now is I'm becoming, I'm a mix, but I'm learning to be more traditional in certain ways because that inspires what I want from my husband. And Mm -hmm. so I didn't realize that because I didn't, you know, I wasn't taught that. So I saw all this idea of, I want to be this career woman that does all this amazing stuff. But then I also wanted to be treated very much like, you know, a, a, a traditional wife. And so I've had to learn to sacrifice and figure out my own place based on what I want from my husband, as opposed to just what I want for myself. And that's been, I'm still in that learning, in that learning process now, but I think that's what I hear the most. Even my first marriage, I think that's one of the, one of the reasons it failed was because I had no idea of what I was putting out was what, what, you know, the, the energy that I was feeding him was, was, you know, getting a return that I wasn't, I wasn't happy with and that he wasn't happy with. And so I think as women, we have to understand if you want, if you want to be a modern woman, you're probably going to find a modern man or a man that's comfortable in that space. Mm, that part. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what we don't want to accept. <laughs> but look, learn, lesson learned. That is, lesson that's learned. really hard to learn. I'm learning because you don't, you know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going through it. And I'm realizing, wait a minute, Crystal, you know, you came into this thinking what you wanted, but not mm-hmm. what he wanted or what he wants to receive. And so really, I think, I'm learning that marriage is even more sacrifice than I realize, even after, mm-hmm. you know, having a failed marriage. So mm-hmm. I am learning. 
<laughs> I, I promise I'm going to stop interjecting, but y'all, one of the conversations that I keep hearing from single men, because again, single ladies, I know y'all are here like, help us, please. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I keep hearing is in, in a man's pers uh, position, their perception is women are very selfish in the reasons that we're seeking marriage that we are only thinking to your point crystal about what we're going to get what we mm -hmm. want and mm -hmm. not ever considering what that partner who we say we want what they actually want mm -hmm. and so we're presenting them with whatever we have and we're like take it why you don't want it you know i'm mm -hmm. a prize come get it mm -hmm. and this is not you might be for somebody else but this is not what this person that you desire actually wants so mm -hmm. taking the emotions out of it thinking logically what does the person who i want want Right? That's a key, though. Yes. But I think, like, for a lot of us, we didn't know. And I think there's nothing wrong. I just want to say to the women that are watching, there's nothing wrong with not knowing. There's nothing wrong because mm -hmm. I didn't see that. Right. I was a single, I grew up in a single parent family. Then my mother, my grandmother was single. She divorced her husband. So I didn't see that. So all I, all I saw was very independent women that um, shared what they wanted and never did I get a chance to hear the other side. So there's nothing wrong with not knowing, but once you realize that maybe I don't know opportunities like this are a big, you know, it's a big part of you trying to make sure that you're doing your part. So being open, being accountable and being mm -hmm. open to hear from women that are in the place, I think is ideal, but don't feel bad just because you may not, you may not know, you know, because we mm -hmm. don't know until we, we have a chance to learn from other women like this. Mm -hmm. And then when you get married, it's going to be a whole nother group of things that you don't know. Ashley, go ahead. I was just to to feed off of what Crystal was sharing in terms of I wholeheartedly agree coming into marriage and coming from a single parent household, having examples of marriage around me. But it was a lot of mm, I know I don't want that. I don't want that. I don't want that. And I definitely don't want that. But looking for sources of well, what are the things that I do want in a marriage and how mm -hmm. do I want because, again, career is has been number one. And so you just need to support my career, allow me to do what I need to do, love on me, and then just allow me to do what I need to take, take what I'm giving. Mm -hmm. And my husband was like, yeah, baby, that's cute, but that's not going to work. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's not going to work for me. Because just as much as, yes, I see you are a prize, I'm a prize too. And mm -hmm. so here's what I expect. Here's how I want to be loved, how I want to be treated, what I need in a wife. And it was just like, oh, excuse me. But Corio, to your point, taking the emotion out and thinking logically like, no, this is serious. Like he does need to have these things because I do want a man that has one, two, three. But then that means that doesn't mean that he's not going to also come to the table to say, well, I need my wife, my life partner to be responsible to do this, to do this, to do this. And so it being equally yoked, if you will, and having some kind of foundation to stand on. So I realized quickly coming into marriage that while I wanted it and I was in love with what I saw of, oh, being married is this, not necessarily understanding the behind the scenes work that is required in order to show up in a photo and not just look happy, but be happy, but like who you're with. Because you can love your partner, but do you like your partner? Mm -hmm. And Days that fluctuates. I'm sure we all know that. However, in the is it that the majority of the time? And it was um 
a rude awakening. You know, it was I appreciated the intentionality that he came with in order to soothe my fears from what I saw. Um, in addition to the, when we met, my mom was murdered that year in a domestic violence crime. And so it was it was just a very weird but a very hard time. And so to come in and want to see a man in such a different light, showing me something very different than what I had been experiencing or had witnessed was just mind blowing to me. And so he had to take a different approach. But at the same time, hey, Ashley, I, I also need you to do these things and follow through. And so that really cultivated sort of what my wife style is still becoming. Um, but it definitely was totally different than what I thought it was going to be about. Listen, I did not realize that it was not rainbows and fairy tales and all fun and lots of sex and all the, you know, all the, I didn't, it is, it is so much of, of work. It is so much of a responsibility. That's a better word, responsibility. It is not like fun and games. It is not what we saw in the fairy tales. And I think that is the importance of, of having these conversations and not to scare anybody away, but knowing what you're getting yourself into as much as you can and being prepared for that and being prepared to pull your weight, whatever your partner desires, not what you feel like doing, not what... Your mama told you was all that you got to do. Like what that person, individual desires, that that's what it is. And so I love that, you know, we can all pull from different um, different experiences. I want to get into this traditional wife for 20 years, though. What does that look like, Latoya? Like what how do you define traditional and, and what does that look like for you? Um, so the way I would define traditional is is what you grew up off of. The Claire Huxtable, the, the who I'm trying to think of good black ones, Roseanne, Family Matters, those moms, those are the traditional wives. And so I did all of that. I, when I entered my marriage, it was really big for me to make sure my husband was fed every day. I wanted to wash his clothes and fold his clothes and iron because I grew up in a traditional household. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things changed, seasons change, kids, kids come into the picture. And so we put a little twist on our traditional, but I never pictured that I would be the wife that I am today. Always thought that I would be, I would lead the household. I have a very strong personality. I wanted to lead. I wanted him to follow me, you know, that type of thing. But I had to sacrifice. I had to put my ego aside. And my husband always says, let's just keep it simple. That's what works for us. Let's just keep it stupid, simple, and just go with the flow. So that's what we do. We just go with the flow. And that has created a bond and a friendship that cannot be broken. It, we just refuse to let it be broken. So traditional is just building a friendship, loving each other, putting each other first, keeping everybody else back there. Not to say we don't have a support system, but we keep it as just us. And that's as simple as it's going to get just us two. We have three kids. It's just us two. Mm -hmm. So that's what traditional looks like. Um, when I entered my marriage, I thought that's what it would look like. But I was 18 when I got married. So I didn't know exactly what I was walking into. 
um, even after being in a healthy home with watching a healthy marriage and being surrounded by that, I didn't know what I was walking into. But when he said, keep it simple, that's exactly what we did. And that's what works for us. That's what works for us. Put that down in your notebook. That's what works for us. Okay. That that's what we're going for here. Crystal, I want I want you to hop in right here though, because you said something, Latoya, that I feel like everybody watching this, a hit dog is gonna holler when you say I was independent. Or actually, I think you said this too. They found me in my independent season. Like I was very much so an established person. And Latoya, you were 18, so it wasn't that much established, but you still had your personality. You still mm -hmm. were who you were. And mm -hmm. I think the older you get, obviously, the more set in your ways. Mm -hmm. God forbid you got a degree, a little bit of money, some success. Mm -hmm. Really challenging for mm -hmm. you to sometimes shed that identity of who you have worked mm -hmm. so hard to become. That doesn't mm -hmm. always work in your marriage. So, mm -hmm. Crystal, for you, talk about like the alpha woman, the alpha female what that looks like, like how you define that and and how that attitude or how that spirit could be like a challenge when you truly want marriage. Um, well, thank you for for asking that, um, Coriel, because I feel like this is my mission now. I feel like our, tes our tests um, and our failures even become our testimony. And so, um, you know, I've known you for, for quite a quite a quite a few years. And when I first when I first met you, I had just gone through my divorce and as a result of that, my career just skyrocketed. I put everything that I didn't have, all that heartbreak and all that pain, I put it into my career as so many women do. And as a result, my career responded, right? It was a great return on investment. You take your energy, you take your pain and you put all that into your career. And that's, and I was surrounded by a lot of like-minded women. I have an amazing mm -hmm. tribe of leaders. And so when I think of the term alpha female, to me, it meant women that are very career driven, passionate, committed to excellence, want to do a good job. Right. And I'm not I take pride in my work outside of the house. And it's interesting because my mother was very opposite. My mother was um, the type of woman that took pride in cleaning and cooking and making sure that everything was I mean, baseboards were clean. I did not take pride in that. I took pride in making sure that, you know, I had this degree and I had a, my book was published at this point and that point. But I realized as a result of, of going through that, um, what I had created was a world that was very self-absorbed, right? So being, being single and being a mom and having all these other amazing girlfriends that were going forward with work, I spent a lot of time focused on what Crystal wanted. So when I would, when I would make time to date, because I started to look at dating um, as what is that going to get me? What return on investment will that give me? Because I know if I put energy into work, I'm going to get, you know, I'm going to get a return. Dating felt very much like, well, this is the waste of time because a lot of these guys, as you progress and you start making more money, a lot of men weren't making the amount of money I was. A lot of men weren't doing things. And I started to really judge things in my life based on what the financial return would be. And that was my downfall, right? I didn't realize it because everybody around me was doing the same thing. And we were, you know, uh, egging each other on. So it took a good friend of mine um, to say, you know, I'd been dating and I, I was single for 10 years in Atlanta. At that point, I felt like it's a wrap. I'm not going to, I'm not I'm probably not going to get married again. I had marriage and love. I was in, I mean, I was absolutely head over heels in love with my ex-husband. That didn't work. Maybe that's not for me. I'm getting ready to, you know, build my house, have my dream house, have my dream career, have my friends and my life. 
But the reality was I was very imbalanced. I had no balance in life. All I did was work, right? And so a good friend said, Crystal, you know, maybe it's not the guys, maybe it's us. And I was like, no, it is not. <laughs> it is absolutely not. Because I was, you know, going out and I would apply my theory, my very black and white theory. Well, this doesn't work. Either this guy, you think the guy is uh, turned off by your success or, and some of the guys would make, make very disparaging remarks. But at the end of the day, what I learned through all of this, and it was a process, which is why I wrote the book, Dear Alpha Female, It's Not Him, It's You, because I learned that it was me. Because I was imbalanced, because my entire 95%, especially after my kids got older, 95% of Crystal was tied into work. How could, I was not loving myself correctly. I was all what I did. My company, my PR company was the God of my life. And that was not an attractive thing for a partner. So when I would go on a date with my two phones sitting on the table and very, very preoccupied, it was a big turnoff. So these men were not necessarily intimidated by me. They were just not attracted to that energy. And I had to take accountability for that, unfortunately, because I am very, very, I'm not going to say aggressive, but I'm a very a strong personality. Um, it took someone else with a strong personality to tell me I was wrong and for me to listen to that. And I went on Iyala Van Zant fixed my life and she got all up in my business <laughs> and told me I was wrong. But I received it because I, I think that sisterhood and sistership is so powerful. And when there's another woman that I can look at, I see I'm not my sister's keeper. I am my sister. So when I can see another woman say, you're wrong and this is why you're wrong. And she explains it to me and she loves me enough to hold me accountable. I appreciated that. And I made a change. And after being single for 10 years and feeling like it was not me, I made some changes in the way I, I looked at myself. I made some changes in, in what I was open to and realized that it's not all about what a man is going to add, what return on my investment am I going to get from dating? It's really what can I give, right? What am I able to offer? And I, I know it was me because in a year and a half, I was engaged. <laughs> so if it wasn't me, then, I, then it wouldn't have been that way. And it was a man that was more amazing than I could have ever imagined. I mean, I fell in love at, after 45, which is, you know, I, I, I was 44. So that was something I did not think I could possibly do. I got divorced. At Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. 32 and then remarried at, 30, at 45. And so in Atlanta, you know, after we've been told that there's no good men in Atlanta, there's pee in a dating pool. I said, you know what, the way I approached business, I never looked at statistics. When statistics tell us as black women that we can't do something, we ignore those statistics when it's about business. All the time. Every single one of you, I don't know personally, but I do know that, that when it comes to us, anyone telling a black woman what they cannot do with their money or with their talent, we do not even allow Maybe. that to penetrate our aura. However, when it comes to dating, when we hear there are no good black men, there are no men that want to marry black women, we allow that to penetrate. And I decided, you know what, just as just as those statistics are wrong when it comes to me being a single parent, they are also wrong when it comes to me finding love. And when I switched that and I started to speak differently and expect differently, 
an amazing man showed up and and did want the same things that I wanted because I had allowed myself to get into this negative rhetoric. So I just I'm just thankful for the opportunity to share with other women. But I feel like with what Miss Yala Manzant told me, she said, this is not for you. This is for you to tell other women, because every woman I know was like me, <laughs> you know, very, very career driven, very successful in certain terms, but very imbalanced and lacking in just being loved, you know, unconditionally, because most of us don't love ourselves unconditionally. So that's what my that's what my my entire, you know, uh, purpose right now is tied into is, yes, you can get the bag. We know that we've proven that. But can you also believe that you are worthy of a beautiful, amazing love? That listen, so much. We literally just like drop a mic. But one thing that I really want to pull out and just let marinate for the masses was I was willing to listen when somebody told me I was wrong. That simple, very simple statement because. When we get to this level where we've accomplished so many things, we've achieved so much, we feel like, well, we know everything because I've done mm -hmm. this thing. I know mm -hmm. everything. And that mm -hmm. usually is not the case. Mm -hmm. So having someone, a trusted someone, not somebody that's a hater, not somebody that's going to steer mm -hmm. you in the wrong direction, but mm -hmm. somebody that has your best interest at heart, doesn't have a dog in the fight, that literally just is telling you the honest to God, real, raw truth, that can literally change your life. And so us mm -hmm. just being willing to accept criticism with love accept mm. correction accept direction especially from people who are doing the things that you want to do i think that is so um that's so important and, and obviously that was like a pivotal um a pivotal point okay y'all i ran my mouth too much we 30 minutes got 30 minutes now so i gotta run through these questions i'm gonna throw a question out and if you feel like girl this is what i'm here for jump in okay so the first question and then if we have time, which I just don't know if we will, I will go to the chat because I see y'all are dropping questions in the chat too. Um, the name of Crystal's book, I think I typed it in there, but it didn't pop up. Dear Alpha Female, it's not him, it's you. I'll type it again um, in just a second. Okay, so question number one. Did you grow in love with your partner or were you already in love before marriage? In love. In love, for sure. In love. In love. In love. And still growing, you know, and still growing because every every week, every every month, every year, you get something different, different situations that you don't expect. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my eyes have been open to just see the love and feel the love in different ways. That, mm -hmm. yeah, because it's gonna be different depending on the day. Yeah. Of the I had a pastor tell me. I had a pastor tell me that love is not a feeling. Oh, no, I had a pastor tell me that love is not a feeling; it's decision to choose that person every day. And so mm -hmm. as we grow and evolve, I tell moms and wives all the time, like you can change, you can pivot, right? And we pivot, like, like Crystal was saying, we pivot and change in every other area. And you think you're gonna be the same person that person married 20 mm -hmm. years ago, 10 years ago, years ago. Mm -hmm. No, you're gonna evolve, but are you going to decide to keep choosing to love each other and learn mm -hmm. each other? I think that's why the love piece is important in the beginning. Cause like, okay, I know I love you now, now let me be willing to keep loving you, keep learning you, and yeah. being willing to adjust and be told what I need to adjust um, from you throughout our seasons of life. I want to make a side note on this one because I feel like just my spirit is telling me that a part of this question is like, I feel like another big challenge that we have once we grow into whoever we think we are is our flexibility mm. in our type mm. and in 
that fiery feeling that we just feel like, you know, the, the fairy tales have told us that we're supposed to feel those butterflies, which, you know, by all means, you probably will. However, I think that how we define in love is just not really reality all of the time. And a lot of the wives, and I'm not going to put y'all on the spot to ask, answer this question, but a lot of the wives that I've had conversation with, the, the husband, like the husband that ended up being the husband was not necessarily the guy that you wanted to chase down the street because he knocked your socks off and he was just the end all be all. Like, it, you, it, it's not always that. And so I feel like a part of that question was like, did you feel like he, you had that fire or did it have to grow on you? And I think a lot of times it grows on you. So I just wanted to put that little side note out there. Um, that the, the good husband doesn't always, it's not usually the bad boy who is like, you know, mm-hmm. bringing It may not be what you're looking for. I, I would just say that because like I put, I created a list and I, on my list were all these good, like quality things, but I also had like six foot three and chocolate with muscles. And I was serious about that. I literally was serious about this, this height and this color. And I was looking for a certain thing and a certain size. And my husband showed up, he was, he was thin. He was very, very not chocolate. And <laughs> I was, if, if I really went by what I had been looking for before, cause women sometimes can be very narrow minded. So I would not even have looked at him before. Thought he was attractive, but I wouldn't even have thought he was not on my radar. And he had all the good things. So I think focus on the on the stuff that matters, the character, the integrity, the the family oriented, the putting God first. Focus on that and and be open because I promise now he is six foot two. So I'll take that because I got what I you know, God gave me what I needed, but it wasn't necessarily what my mind envisioned. And I when I looked at him, I was like, that ain't him. Mm-hmm. But it was. You'll limit yourself mm-hmm. based on our limited perspective because your yeah. mind can only envision what you've seen before. So mm-hmm. you've seen this man that God, that God has created for you. And mm-hmm. if you are only looking in this one little box, then you're definitely uh, going to miss him. Okay. And so- also, I'm sorry, before we leave, leave, I mean, before we move on, I just wanted to say something. Yeah, um, so what I'm picking up from this question also is the question, all right, were you immediately feeling those feelings or do you have to grow in love in a way of settling? Because can we talk about that as well? Because I see that a lot with women and my friends and they're like, all of the reasons are there, the red flags, as we like to call it. And a lot of times we like to ignore those things in the beginning because we as women think we can change a man or that a man will change for us. But that's not how it works. So for my um, personal story, yes, it was I was in love, not immediately, immediately, but, you know, about 20 days in or something. So maybe that is immediately. But. The love has been so consistent because my husband is so consistent. Like you said, Crystal, in his character, in his values, all of those things is what we should be paying attention to right off the bat. So to me, that is what would make a woman thought in love is because these character traits that we're seeing, you know, it's the proof is always in the pudding. But sometimes we like to make so many excuses for men and for situations. So it's like, pay attention, sis. Open your eyes, sis. Like, don't like 
don't do that. You get what I'm saying? Because the things that are happening at the beginning of a relationship is the same thing you're complaining about five years into the relationship, seven years, 10 years. So if it didn't work for you at the beginning, it's not going to work for you now. So yes, pay attention to if you feel those like, dang, is it supposed to feel this way? How mm -hmm. they say when you know, you know, you do really know. There's no questioning. You get what mm -hmm. I'm saying? So back to you, Miss Latoya, when you said it's us, it's our relationship, it's what we have going on, not with the world. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of time as women, we got to call our homegirls like, well, he did this. Do that sound right? Is he this? Is he? It's like, sis, you always know mm -hmm. within you, you know, mm -hmm. if this is something that fits right within your spirit. Mm -hmm. And that. part of that, too, I think a part of the um, struggle comes in not asking questions. It's exactly. again, we're all emotion and no logic because we don't mm -hmm. want to know the answer. Yes. So mm -hmm. But when it's something for school or work or business, we're going to Google that thing. We're going to ask a million questions. We're going to hire mm -hmm. a coach. We're going to take the class. We're going to do, we're going to read 10 books. We're going to listen to five podcasts. We're going to find the answer. But mm -hmm. when it comes to these men, it's like, no, I don't want, I don't really want to know that. I don't want to ask that. I don't want to push. I don't want to accept the truth. And then we end up, you know, with the results that we get. So that was literally a perfect segue into the next question, actually, Katana. So thank you. Um, because we always, or we, we often wonder what made the man or what made a man want to marry a woman. But this question wants you all to answer. What was it about that man that made him different? So if you could just pinpoint one or two things that made him stand out, what what was that for you? So for me, it wasn't the man. I um, am very faith-based. It was God mm. because I was 18. So God said to me, that's your man. So it wasn't what he did for me, what, what I saw in him. It was God saying, that is your partner. And I felt that with him. Um, I think someone else talked about the feelings and how you feel when you're in a relationship. I felt comfortable. I felt secure. I felt protected. I felt loved like I had never been loved before. Mm. So I think it's all in like we have to find what we believe in and stay with it. I, I am big on God. I'm big on my faith. I'm big on my relationship. And I know what God says about that. So that's my answer. I would agree with that, Latoya. And specifically with my husband, he was in a, I was angry with God at the time that we met, but his spiritual grounding and just his unapologetic nature of the core of who I am, I am a man of God. Like that's how I identify in everything that I do and how I operate and how I'm going to lead my family and how I'm putting these things in place for my wife. I don't know who she's going to be. It might I don't know, but these are the things that I'm very intentional about doing. And he showed me that every, he would call me every morning. So his intentionality, his values and his just love and his heart just going back out. And I was just like, are you crazy? But it was, it started to show me the value. I can trust him, even though I've seen so many things that have told me to not trust into a man, not to put all my eggs in this basket. But mm -hmm. this man is divine. And so, Lord, you have attention. And it was it was the spirituality, the intentionality, and just his his ability to make me feel so safe when mm -hmm. was, nothing else in my environment was making me feel that way. So it really opened my eyes. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think a lot of times people look at what someone brings to the table instead of what 
who that person is at the table, right? You're looking at all the things that person is bringing to the table and you got to look at who that person is. When I met my husband, between us meeting and us getting married, I lost 75 pounds. So it was a, a person that, yeah, so like it was a person that was able to grow with me. Like what he, him being able to love me where I was, encourage me, not discourage me, you're getting too small or why you're not doing this or no, we can't go on these type of dates. Like he was a single father. Like he didn't fit into what my West African parents wanted, but this man was willing to love me when I was eating salads and not being able to go out to eat on dates because I wanted to improve my health, right? And now 10 years later, and I have a whole business doing that for other women, like he's still my biggest cheerleader. He's still like, oh, you go to the gym four days a week at 6 a.m. We got three whole kids. He still supports that. But if I would have been looking at the just the items or some a checklist instead of the character mm-hmm. of somebody who's willing to cheer you on and to be a partner with you, I would have missed out completely. So yes, that's not to say settle, like my sis says, we're not settling, but we have to really focus on what the Lord is showing you about this person and whether whether that person is going to make you better and cheer you on, or if they're going to be stifling you and pushing you down. And so that was what made me fall in love with Aunt. That's good. Uh, you know, I would say I, I was the problem. I was, <laughs> I was a problem. I went, I went on, um, I talked to my husband for two weeks before he went on a date and I didn't, I wasn't taking a date seriously because again, I was thinking, ah, oh, dates are just, it's a waste of time. So when he pulled and he insisted on coming to my house, I wasn't used to that. I was used to meeting guys. I was used to being in control. He insisted on coming to pick me up. I was still asleep because I wasn't really seriously wanting to do the date. Um, and so I say I, I, it was me and I was very stubborn and not open. Um, and he was just consistent. And, and, and for me, you know, as a woman that is, was very career driven and very much seeing somebody that just was not mouthy, but just fit in those places and was everything that he said he was going to do. He did. And I had had guys say, I'm going to marry you. I'm like, I haven't heard that before. Whatever, sir. But he said it once and he didn't say anything else. And I was working anytime I would create a pro or show a problem, he would quietly create a solution. And I had never had someone that, you know, it wasn't a fight. He wasn't going to fight with me. He showed true leadership in a way that was like, this is upset. Let me provide a solution for that. He just started showing up as a husband. And when I tell you, I would talk to my girlfriend, like I've never seen anyone this consistent. And to this day, Four years later, he, he is, he, that's just his character. I loved that. And I also loved his heart. He has four daughters and he was just a beautiful, had a beautiful relationship with them or, you know, was definitely talked about them. And the way he loved his daughters was something I, I admired. But most importantly, was just he did not allow my, you know, I had to rise to hit to the level that he was at. Because he just showed up as a man every time. This is what I said I'm gonna do. You're busy. You you can't you you have to be at your house to record. I'll build a studio at my house. Now what? <laughs> what you got Yeah. But it made my life easier. And I, a pastor said to me one time, um, I was in a, in a sermon past and the man's the pastor said, How many things do you do for your husband? If he if if you have a list of things you do for him and he doesn't do anything for you, then you are the husband and you have a wife. And I always thought, well, I don't I don't want a wife. And I, I know in past relationships, I had been the husband because I'm a I'm a, you know, a, a person that's going to show up. 
And so in this situation, I was definitely not the husband. And I felt for the first time I could relax, so, you know, more and more and more and more in that trust belt. But it was because he was consistent. It's not about the money spent. It's really just about him showing up and showing me what a man was and what a man could contribute to my life that was not financial. It was just that his presence. Mm -hmm. Real masculinity will do that to you, baby. Katana, what about you? Yeah, so um, like I stated, it was just consistency. It was his character. It was that feeling of peace, that feeling of surrender, like in our sink, our seasons of singleness, like going back to that masculinity energy that we're now leading with, which as women and men, we both have both energies, masculine and feminine, but we can be out of balance because we're doing life by ourselves, you know? So mm -hmm. with my husband, like it just was on the spiritual side of things, it was just like a sense of peace I've never felt with anybody before you know, and a man that is about his word, a man that um, he brought me around his family and his friends, and you can just see how they respected him, you know, just like mm -hmm. right off the back. So when you're watching how other people react to their energy and just that gives you the proof of their character as well. Mm -hmm. So I had the evidence, you know, to back it up, like, cause we can say whatever a man can tell you, he can speak game, he can, you know, make you feel real good, yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's like, where's that evidence? And it's mm -hmm. like, if the evidence not aligning to it, something wrong, but if it is, mm -hmm. can you let your guard down? Can you be loved, mm -hmm. you know? And that was always my prayer to God as well. Like, God, let the walls of my heart down. You know, I've been hurt in the past. I've mm -hmm. seen my parents get divorced. I've seen my grandma leave her marriage at 72 years old. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, I want to believe the evidence that you're showing me. And mm -hmm. my husband was that guy for me. He just lived in his truth and it helped me to live in mine as well. Mm -hmm. So consistency, a character, a man of character, those foundational things, I feel like we can make the laundry list. You can write the letter to God all day, but those foundational things, mm -hmm. um, you're just going to feel it. And the way that I can guarantee you, like the way that hands down 100% without a doubt, you know you're going to feel it is because every single time that that man was not right, you felt it. You might not have acted on that feeling, but that spark was there. Okay. I always say our gut instinct is our God instinct. That is God saying, uh-uh, sis. No, uh-uh, this ain't the right. We always feel it. We might not want to see it, but we always feel it. And so that same feeling whether you are, you know, religious, spiritual, whatever you subscribe to. And one thing I wanted to uh, say also, because majority of the ladies mentioned, you know, uh, equally yoked, their relationship with God, spirituality. I was a little bit of a, um, a hoodlum when I met my husband. I was a little in between in my, I, you know, I got my relationship with God, but religion, I did not subscribe. And I still don't okay. subscribe to religion. Okay. Yeah. For anyone out there who's like, okay, well, that ain't it for me. Let me just say that it was not necessarily I felt well, he showed up and said, you know, God told me, you know, I was you were the one for me or I saw him, you know, in church in this really great spiritual relationship. It was not that for me. One of the things, though, that stood out, there were several things, the consistency always there from the beginning and being consistent in whoever you say you are not being inconsistent with me trying to make you be. But you just being whoever you say you're going to be, just do that. And he did that very well and still to this day does that. But one of the things that separated him for me and I felt like he is serious 
before we made the real commitment, because we was playing around, you know, for a few months before we decided to go together. Mm-hmm. But we had decided, we had discussed that when we decide we are committed and we go together, we're on the journey to getting engaged and to being married. Like we had already talked about that. We were no longer in the season of playing games. So mm-hmm. we said, okay, we're going to wait six months. I'm going to give you six months to play around in these streets is basically what I told him. And in six months, we're going to do this thing. But one of the things that he did in that six months is he went to therapy, y'all. And he mm-hmm. came back and told me, I want to make sure that I am healed. I am healthy. I am ready to be your husband. Like I, and, and that was just, so that might look like I prayed, you know, whatever that looks like, but a man that's serious about you, you're mm-hmm. going to know it based on the action that he's taking outside of you. Not just what he's doing with you, but he should be doing something for you outside mm-hmm. of you. And mm-hmm. so I think that that's something you can definitely um, be looking to or looking for as well. Um, okay, last question, y'all. And it was a question that was here in the chat, and it's one that's on my list over here, too. We definitely going to have to do like a part two, three, four, five, six, because, <laughs> you know, but this one I think is so important because marriage grows you up like this is grown woman tv right marriage requires you to be a grown ass a whole grown woman out here okay mature um emotionally evolved just all of the things and so last question what is the biggest lesson that marriage has taught you slash so you can answer that what's the biggest lesson lesson that marriage has taught you or in what way have you had to grow up the most so for the single women who are watching this, like, it was it your attitude? Was it you had to learn how to be vulnerable? Was it that you had to learn how to not be in control? Like, what was that thing that if she could just start working on that right now, if you could just get a head start with this thing, then you could be, you know, a step ahead in creating a healthy, happy marriage. Anybody can take it. And then after you answer, share your contact info, please. So I'd have to say... Um, for me, one of the things, well, the biggest thing I have learned in my marriage is to listen. And and that is to listen, comprehend, listen with my guards down, because I'm always ready to fight. But I have to put them guards down and really, really listen. And that, oh, take my contact. Um, that not only works for my marriage, but it works for every relationship that I have. And so once I learned to listen with an open heart and put those arms down, I became the best wife or the best friend or whatever. So I definitely would say listening has changed the game for me. Um, For me, I would say that this might seem taboo, but self-development is the start. Right. I don't I think that a lot of times we look at the other person or you look at the situation or how can things change or you see, especially if you're alpha female, if you've been a problem solver in your life or you're the oldest child, you want to fix stuff. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you have to just what I've learned is that whenever I have a see an issue in my home or see an issue with my spouse, like pressure, just look at yourself. (laughs) Come 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 have a come to Jesus meeting and say, Lord, what is it about me? How am I? approaching this like where am i like give me wisdom like give me wisdom so that i can heal in certain ways or i can approach things differently and then if there is a legitimate problem that we need it's an interpersonal problem when i approach it it won't be in a judgmental way it won't be in a bashing way it will be in a way where i've already considered and already sought wisdom on how i can develop and that goes to everything like even with if i have an issue with the way my family's eating how am i eating 
if I have an issue with my way my husband or my spouse is working out or their body and they let themselves go, have you let yourself go? Like ask yourself first, what are you doing to develop yourself and lift yourself? Because once, I mean, we, my husband's the head of our household, but there's something about the influence of femininity that like when you start getting yourself together, it will shift the entire environment. And so that's one of the biggest way I've had to grow up. Stop like trying to be a problem solver and calling it that and no like introspection is always going to win um and i'm precious k williams on all platforms so. <laughs> i love that i would say in in our case we were long distance when we started dating and so one of the biggest things and we were long distance for two and a half years so during that process obviously there's no in the room context so we had to learn very quickly for me especially communication and that was reiterated when we went to premarital counseling. Like one of the top three reasons for divorce or the number one is your communication and thinking that you're saying how you feel or you're being an expectation. I'm thinking that I'm, my attitude and me being quiet is showing that, but me being able to verbalize and be vulnerable to say, hey, you did this thing and I really didn't like it. And I don't want to be rejected by you because I'm expressing how I feel. It's just a matter of it's going to bother me and it's going to put up, make me put up a wall. And I don't want that. And so learning how to have that level of vulnerability and communicating how I feel in the moment and not allowing it to linger was one of the biggest, biggest things. And, and something that continues to evolve even now, like how do we communicate differently at this level? And just when you think you're communicating something asking yourself the, that question kind of to what Precious was just saying, but like, am I really saying it? Am I upset with him for a thing? But did I communicate effectively? Was I clear as much as I thought that I was? Or was I having a whole conversation in my mind and I thought that I ran it all the way down, but that was not the case. And so going through different seasons in life and Right now we're on a fertility journey. And so again, learning how to communicate and ask for help, learning how to say, you know what? No, I don't have it today, but can you help me do this thing? And we'll try again tomorrow. So mm -hmm. the communication and the vulnerability is, is key because they're not my readers and neither are we, you know? Mm -hmm. So being able to do that and just be like, I'm gonna just say what needs to be said respectfully and with love, mm -hmm. of course, you know? Yes. <clears throat> Sorry. I love that. I love that, Ashley. And I can relate as far as the communication and learning how to, you know, handle our feelings in a healthy way and being able to communicate. And like oftentimes our partner is going to be a literal reflection of us sometimes too, right? So the mm -hmm. things that we might despise in them or we don't like it's because it's a reflection of what's in the inside of us or the areas that we need to work on as well. And um, dang, I just lost my train of thought. What else was I saying? Um, come back to me. I'm sorry, y'all. How oh, has marriage had to grow you up? Like, what is what has been a challenge? Um, I'll hop in. I'll do mine. And mine is literally going to be exactly what you just said, Ashley. A hit dog is about to holler, and I'm hollering <laughs> because I don't even. My challenge, okay, this is a safe space, y'all, okay? <laughs> Passive-aggressive slash avoiding conflict, thinking that you're doing yourself or your relationship mm -hmm. a service by avoiding conflict or being passive-aggressive 
or just trying to sweep it under the rug or just trying to hold your tongue, that will literally like cause you harm, like for your health, your, your physical health, your mental health. That is a challenge um, that I'm definitely working through the vulnerability to be able to vocalize, you know, to know that you are in a safe space, to know that you have chosen a partner that you can trust um, so that this truly is a safe space so I can effectively communicate my feelings. Because if you have ever had issues, which most of us have, where your feelings have been shut down or you have not had a safe space to open up or you've built up those walls, when you do have this safe space to land, that is your husband, you won't even recognize it. You won't even leverage it. You won't even use it. You won't even have the benefit of it because you're, you know, you're not mature enough or ready yet to be able to become who you are called to be as a wife, because what you can get away with, what you can sweep under the rug as a single woman, it will literally eat you alive as a wife. Cause this, you got to eat, sleep, breathe this man. You can't forget about it and go on back to your house and talk about mm -hmm. it next week. Like it ain't that. So mm -hmm. that's been one of my like growing pains. What you got, Katana? Eight All months, right. girl. <laughs> 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 yeah, I ain't have to grow up yet. We just got right. 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 So we've been together for almost five, right? So, but the point I, I forgot that I wanted to make is that understanding that we are on the same team. So in past yeah. relationships, you That's may big. feel like you're on different teams. You know, like I'm over here, you over here. It's like, no, even when we're mad, we're on the same team. And I even had to remind him of that, you know, when we had conflict. It's like, you can be mad at me, but we're still on the same team. And we have to learn how to deal with conflict in a healthy way. Because that mm -hmm. is one of the number one reasons why relationships fail because we can't communicate our feelings you know like you're my person i'm your person and we have to provide that safe space for each other to be vulnerable so yes 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 and i am katana k and i'm so happy to be a part of the conversation thank you for being here katana crystal yes. i just feel like you are the perfect person to close this out because you can see from what you learned in your first marriage what you're learning in this marriage how have you had to grow up? How has marriage forced you to become a grown ass woman? Well, um, that's that's so true. I, and I'm I'm fine. At, I tell people, don't be. I'm the voice of Christmas. You know, Christmas future. You don't want to go through a divorce. You know, divorce is one of the most painful things you, anyone will experience. Um, and I don't want that for any any of the women I talk to. I don't want that for anybody. It's a painful thing. What I would say is, we have to unlearn what a lot of us have been taught. You know, a lot of us have been a lot of us are are defensive out of fear. Right. We don't want to be hurt. So you hold yourself, you, you guard your feelings and you do see that other person as someone you have to protect yourself against. Because a lot of us have been taught not to let that man get you. Don't make sure you put some money away. Make sure you do mm -hmm. these things. Make sure you protect yourself. And I think that we have to specifically as women of color, unlearn what we've been taught, because our a lot of our mothers and grandmothers went through toxic situations that were a result of what happened to us a long time ago, which we all understand the history of our of African-American people. And now a lot of things were men were pit against women. Women had to be the strong one. You have to unlearn all that trauma, you know, and I think the things that have paid have, have served you well outside as a single woman will work against you as a married woman. And I think for me, it, the things that served me well in the business world, when I would put on that hat, 
of being enchanted PR, that was the worst thing for my marriage because I was not vulnerable. I was not allowing someone to see me. I was not allowing myself to feel because we've been taught, suck it up, be strong. Again, you have to unlearn those things. So I, I guess the simple way would be if you want a soft life, then you have to learn soft skills. And that starts with tearing down a lot of the things that we have been taught out of our mothers and grandmothers loved us and we're trying to protect us. But as a girl, you got to grow up and you got to let those crutches go and you got to learn how to create the marriage and family that you want to create to kind of break some of those generational curses. So I would say for all of the accomplished, amazing, all the black girl magics that, that's out there. My sister, it's time for you to grow. It's time for you to stretch. You're going to have to break down some of that and relearn how to be soft, how to be nurturing, how to be loving, how to love on yourself outside of all those other things, because that's the only way that you will truly be ready to be a wife. One last time. Look, StreamYard is hating on you, Crystal. It will not let me pull yours up. I, we can see it right here, the real Crystal Jordan. But tell everyone where they can find your book. Uh, please. So this is my book. And they see there's an alpha female on the cover. She has on her power red. The book is available at Barnes and Noble on Amazon, or you can go to my Instagram um, and the link is there as well. But it's Dear Alpha Female. It's not him. It's you, an interactive devotional designed to help you attract the love you deserve. I call this a love letter to my sisters wrapped in accountability because I got to be honest with you. But love is there if you want it. It really is. Mm -hmm. I love it. Y'all. Please come back. When I slide in your inbox with another invitation, <laughs> when I slide in your DM with another invitation, please, y'all see the comments. Like, I knew that this was, it gotta be dropping stuff in my spirit. I don't ask no questions. I just go with it. And thankfully, y'all didn't ask no questions. Y'all just went with it. I know that people, like, lives were changed, seriously. For people to get wisdom, from wives that they usually don't get to hear six different perspectives. I feel like we were able to provide some hope, you know, in, in, during a season where it's hopeless out here for, for single women. It's hard out here um, over these next few weeks. So from the bottom of my heart, thank y'all so much for spending this hour with us. Thank you for taking time away from your families, I'm sure, to be here investing and encouraging in other Black women. I love you. I appreciate you. And I thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being part of the first. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward with each new idea, innovation and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day to find out more. Visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.